All right, thanks, Marina. Um, it is a real privilege to uh, to be able to partner with an organization like 360 Communities, and um, we will continue that partnership and just be uh, in mind of the fact that uh, we are doing a, a food and personal items drive right now through the month of October, and uh, know what community group you're a part of and put your donations in the boxes in the hall that are labeled for your community group. It's a little friendly competition um, to, uh, to drum up the, the momentum here, and so let's, let's be competitive, um, be fun to do. All right, before I get going, a uh, couple of things. Um, first of all, uh, men. Men, I need your attention for just a second. Um, starting next Sunday, I'm, I'm going to do a men's group at 8.30 next Sunday morning we start. We're in a room downstairs. Um, and I'm, I'm calling this, and I'm sure I'm, I'm breaking all kinds of copyright issues or whatever. I'm calling this group, which is a connecting and discussion group, I'm calling it, I Can Do This All Day. Um, yes, from Captain America. So um, this is... The result of something that I went through myself back in the spring with a few guys, um, we went through a, a five-part a five series called Resilient, and um, this is all about um, what have you been facing in the last few years? What are you facing right now, and what do you do with the stuff that you're facing, with the challenges and obstacles that are before you? Uh, this is a time for us to come together and not just sit in a classroom and listen, but talk about what's going on in our lives and find some hope and encouragement um, for, for how God can help us navigate these times and the, the different things that we're facing. And so um, there are going to be five weeks split up between October and November, 8.30 on Sunday mornings, um, come next Sunday at 8.30 and find me downstairs and um, we're going to get this conversation going. I'd love to see you there. All right, this is a family service, so kids, I need your attention. Kids in the back, are you looking up here? Put your hand up if you're looking up here, because I can't see that well. All right, kids are looking up here, parents are looking up here. That's great. I have two things for you. I have a question for you and then something I'm going to ask you to do, okay? Question is this. This is not a difficult question. What color is this yellow piece of paper? Blue. What, Jared? The, what? Green. Green? I just gave you the answer. I said, what color is this yellow piece of paper? You still think it's green? How do you know that? Right? How do you know that? Today we're going to talk about our brains. We're going to talk about our minds. And so I want you to think about, well, how do you know that? You learned that this is green. And so you could answer this question really easily, even if I said yellow piece of paper. You knew that this is green. Your brain has learned that, and it's kept it in there. So here's one other thing I want you to do with your brain before I start talking up here. Um, I want you right now, you don't have to say anything about this, I want you in your mind to think about something beautiful. Something that you think is beautiful. I want you to think about that right now. Put your hand up, hand up if you've got it in your head. You've got something beautiful in your mind. Yeah, we can do that too, right? We can think about beautiful things and picture them in our minds. And so today we're going to talk about our minds. We're going to talk about 
Um, all kinds of things that we can do with our minds. We're also going to talk about a struggle that we have, a little bit of a fight that we have going on in our minds. And so be, be aware of that. On your tables in the back, there are all kinds of puzzles and stuff to use your mind to get it going. Um, go ahead and, and participate in those as, as the old boring guy is talking about up, up here, all right? Okay. Um, before I get further into the message and before we start looking at um, some of what the Bible has to offer us today, um, I want to tell you about my week. Um, I'm asking you to bear with me. Um, this is all connected, to, so this isn't just me um, standing up here and sharing how my week was so that um, you give me your attention and sympathy. We've all had a week. All of us have. And for some of us, it's been a very hard week. There have been a lot of things that have been going on. This week was filled with the weight of life for me. It just felt like that. Um, and what I mean by that is that the, experience as, the experiences that I had this week, um, I came face to face with the challenges of life this side of the return of Jesus. It's just the reality of it. That's what happened. Um, I've mentioned recently that my parents have been struggling with some health concerns Still struggling. Um, my mom has now been in the hospital for over a month. Um, she had a heart attack. She's had three stents put in, and she's still waiting to have a heart valve replaced that will hopefully happen on Tuesday. And then last night, I get a call from my sister that um, my, my mom was bleeding in her stomach, and they had to figure out what's going on there. They're working on that today. Um, she had to get some blood last night. My dad has experienced some neurological issues that they're working on. Uh, meanwhile, he fell in the hallway of the hospital while visiting my mom, and he ended up in the hospital then himself, and they released him. And then this week at home, he had a diabetes-related episode. His blood sugar tanked. It got really low. Uh, and if it wasn't for the fact that my older sister was there, he very likely would have died this week. And uh, she was able to bring him back uh, and get an ambulance, get him to the hospital, and get him the help that he needed. Uh, meanwhile, meanwhile, my younger sister up in Saskatchewan got her hip replaced, and then last night um, got a message from her that she was bleeding badly from a hernia and was having a really hard time controlling that and getting to where she could continue the therapy on her hip to recover. And my older sister, who has been taking care of my parents, drove from the West Coast out to Saskatchewan to help my younger sister, and then back to BC to resume helping my parents and got there just in time um, to be there when my dad had his episode and she's doing all of this with a broken foot. And there wasn't anything that I could do about it except pray. And that's what I've been doing and I thank all of you who have been praying with me uh, for my family. Thank you for the emergency prayer chain who was very active with <laughs> my requests yesterday. Um, this week also brought a continuation in the struggle for church leaders in the Twin Cities to navigate the world of culture, the culture around us, and the impact that it has on God's family. Um, that is a messy, complicated, divisive, impossible conversation to be a part of. And I was a part of that this week as well, and it was, it was intense. It was really difficult. But God brings us together regularly to encourage and build each other up, and it reminds us of everything that our church families are facing and the tremendous burden that this world can sometimes just drop on the backs of anybody, including God's people. 
um, including things like cultural issues and aging parents and illness and death, and I could go on and on and on with this list. So what do we do with all this? Well, guess what we've been talking about for the past two Sundays? We pray and we lean into our union with a creator of the universe who is capable of handling every issue and every challenge that every single one of us faces at the same time. My parents and my sisters are thankfully leaning into our Father's love and so is my church. And I couldn't be more, help, more, more grateful for that I will do all that I can to point you to him on a frequent basis because, church, God is sufficient. Amen? Now let me bring the last two series of messages together for us. In our last series, we talked about the Holy Spirit, God with us, God in us, God living and working through us. And one of the many significant things God's Spirit does for us is He guides us into all truth. He directs our steps to align with God's will. And in the context of the many issues that our culture is trying to navigate these days, let me make something very, very clear. We face many complex, divisive issues. Life is very messy right now. Has been for a long time. Our guide in all this chaos is the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ living in us. When we're faced with the complexities of our day, where do we turn? We turn to God first. We ask God to guide us through his spirit in the direction that he wants us to go. We're not left to figure this out ourselves. We're not being told to find another person or organization that we align best with. We're being asked to go to God and wait on him for his guidance. And when we're faced with the limits and frailty of this earthly, temporary life, where do we turn? Well, I just told you the answer. We turn first to God. So we have to embrace the reality of God living in us by his spirit and we have to embrace the reality that we have full access to God all the time through his spirit in the union that we've been talking about the past two weeks. We've been invited by God to be close enough to him that our union with him is described as God being in us and us being in God. That's close. That's very close. And there in that union... We find all that we need to face the issues and limits and challenges that await us every single day. This is one of the many, many benefits of surrendering our lives to God and serving Him faithfully. He becomes Lord of our lives if we choose to give up depending on ourselves. That's one of the interrupters that we talked about last week. Self-sufficiency interrupts the union that we have with God that we so desperately need. And, coincidentally, or not, um, that moves us right into today's focus. Today we're going to talk about the battlefield that is our mind. We all know that our bodies are vulnerable the pain of, of watching aging, par aging parents suffer, among other things, is devastating. These temporary bodies were not made to stand up forever to what the world throws at us. But it's not only our bodies. 
part of us that I consider to be our soul, our mind, our emotions, and our will, that's also vulnerable in this lifetime. Our minds are subject to the fall of humankind. Our minds are not perfect right now. We know that. Our minds have weaknesses. Our minds are corrupt. Our minds are vulnerable to attack. Our minds are easily distracted. And the implication of all that on prayer is pretty obvious. It's hard to pray if you can't focus. It's hard to experience union with God when your mind is leading your attention all over the place at light speed. The Bible leads us to recognize that God understands this dynamic. He gets the struggle, not surprisingly at all that he gets it. He created our minds. He knows they've been affected by sin, but he also knows that they're going to be redeemed. They're in the process of being redeemed. And so we get words like this in the Bible. This is Proverbs 28, 26. Where it says, whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. Clearly, we shouldn't put a whole lot of confidence in our minds based on this verse. But Jeremiah 14, 14 is even harsher. God said this to Jeremiah about some false prophets. Um, And the Lord said to me, the prophets are prophesying lies in my name. I did not send them, nor did I command them or speak to them. They are prophesying to you a lying vision, worthless divination, and the deceit of their own minds. This lack of reliability on the human mind has been going on since the beginning, yet here we are in this day and age putting more and more confidence in our minds. We seem to be convinced that no matter what we face, we'll be able to figure it out. We seem to be convinced that when faced with the many options or even just two that that face us every day, we simply have to trust our minds to pick one. One position, one solution, one perspective, one interpretation, one path, one choice. And with this kind of confidence in our minds, we're willing to commit a lot of effort and passion to adding more and more information to those minds so that we can trust them even more. And in reality, if our mind and lack of control over our mind is leading us into deep water and unsafe terrain in life, and if our mind is keeping us from the union with God that we need so much, can we really trust our minds as much as we do? Uh, Probably not. We might, might want to reevaluate that overconfidence that we have in our imperfect minds. Now, this is not a lost cause. That's all very discouraging, but this is not a lost cause. There is no logic in simply giving up and giving in to the attack on our minds. Rather than surrendering to the devastation of our minds by the forces that bombard it constantly, there's plenty of encouragement available to motivate us in the quest to train our minds to seek out our union with God that should be ongoing, uninterrupted. Romans 12, too, is a classic example of the hope that we have, and it happens to be the theme verse for our youth ministry here at Chapel Hill. It says this, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind 
that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Our broken, fragile, easily distracted minds can be renewed. God can and will take on the task of healing and restoring and changing, transforming our mind. Even God sees that the world we live in is aiming for conformity and we're tempted to become and be exactly what the kingdom of this world wants us to be in our minds. We're tempted to embrace an earthly, temporary, self-centered identity like so many around us. We get caught up in that, but God's offering an alternative and he's confident that our minds can be renewed and he invites us into that. That renewal leads us to understand God's will for us and that can only lead us into a closer, deeper union with our Father. But this goes much further. Here's some more hope for our minds. It's found in 1 Corinthians 2.16. 1 Corinthians 2 talks about the wisdom we gain from God's Spirit living in us. We all want wisdom. Here's how far the wisdom we receive from God's, God through His Spirit goes. This verse says... That because of the Spirit's presence and power in us, we can have the mind of Christ. Think about all the issues we're faced with these days and the ever-changing responses to those issues. Do we trust our minds? Do we trust the minds of the people around us? Our hope is found in knowing that we can have the mind of Christ because we have his spirit in us. He guides us to what he wants for us. There's hope for our minds. They have tremendous value to the one who created them, and so they should have tremendous value to us as well. And we have to be encouraged that our mind can be transformed and our mind can even align with the mind of Jesus Christ And so maybe we need a plan for our minds, a plan that'll help us reach the kind of focus that we need to enter faithfully and frequently into that deep, deep union with God that we so desperately need. Let's get some inspiration from the Bible about formulating this plan. We have not been left to figure this out ourselves, especially not with our untrustworthy minds. Check out what we have to work with. Romans 8 verses 5 and 6 say this. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Setting our minds on the things of the Spirit will inevitably inevitably drive our focus to our union with God, which is what we're after. Things of God lead to God. Things of this world lead to this world and its kingdom. If we want to pursue God... And our union with him, we have to focus on things of God. And what kind of things are those? Well, we've been given plenty of direction on this. Like in Philippians 4.8, where it says, Paul writes, as he says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about those things. How do we get our minds focused in the right direction? Think about these things. What's going to lead our minds to focus on the Father? These things. 
We have all kinds of direction here. I think our plan for our mind um, also has to include a little struggle, a little fight. Um, How can it not? It's worth fighting when our union with God is on the line. This is a battle we need to be engaged in. And so using battle terminology, Paul tells us this in 1 Corinthians 10.5. He says, we destroy arguments, sorry, 2 Corinthians 10.5. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. These are powerful words. This is central to the battle for our minds. We are bombarded constantly in this world with words spoken or written against God and against having an actual relationship with God. These arguments hit us from every side. Last week I sat in a conversation where we discussed how we respond to some of these arguments. The battle begins with taking prisoners There are many ideas coming at us that are contrary to God and those ideas need to be taken captive and not allowed to just run wild in our heads. Okay, there's more. There's even guidance that ties us directly to that mind of Christ that we'd love to experience like in Philippians again but this time chapter 2. Listen to verses 5 to 8. It says, Have this mind among yourselves which is yours in Christ Jesus who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. This way of thinking connects us directly to Jesus, and that in turn connects us to the union that we have with the Father, with Jesus. This is a way that we can train our minds and fight back against the constant interruptions in our minds. We can intentionally pursue the mind of Christ while he's transforming our minds. This is very hopeful. One more bit of wisdom regarding our plan for our mind, this time from the prophet Isaiah. These are words of a song, and this is what's written in Isaiah 26, verse 3. He says, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Turmoil is often a very accurate word to describe the state of our minds these days. And honestly, we have a very hard time creating peace in our minds ourselves. It's why we have to talk about a plan for our minds and this plan has to include a concentrated effort to keep our minds stayed on God. That means that we set our full weight on God. We make him our foundation. Our trust in God includes believing that he can and does support us, support our lives, support everything about who we are. He is holding us up. And the result of that trust in the one who's holding us up is a peaceful mind. And in that peace, we find the depth of union with God that we're looking for and that we need. Have a plan for your mind. Be intentional about what happens in your mind. What does this kind of plan and battle lead us to? Well, let's back up and revisit a statement that came from David that accurately describes what we're shooting for 
And I'll close with this. This is, once again, Psalm 16, verse 8, where David says, I have set the Lord always before me. I have set the Lord always before me. This battle, this goal of setting the Lord always before us happens primarily in the mind, and we know that. And so as we pursue our union with God, let's fight the battle for our minds. Victory in this will only bring us closer to our Father and closer to Him more often. This is Communion Sunday. We're going to share communion together now, and here's a very simple but powerful truth that relates directly to our pursuit of our union with God. When we're remembering Jesus, which we do when we take communion, guess what's happening in our minds? We're winning the battle. We've set him before us, and that's the goal of what we're doing right now. Let's set the Lord before us. So a little instruction on how we do this if you're at the tables in the back. Uh, you have the communion elements, the cup and the cracker, right in front of you on those tables. Share those around the table. And as you do, parents, let me, let me ask you to do one simple little thing. As If your kids are taking communion and you're sharing that with your kids, just lean over to your kids one at a time. And as you give them the cracker and as you give them the cup, will you just say the words, remember Jesus? Tell your kids to remember Jesus. Tell yourself to remember Jesus. If you're sitting in the chairs up here, um, anytime during the next couple of songs, when you're ready, just come to the middle aisle, come up to the front and take the elements from these tables up here. And you can take those elements back to your seat and have communion there. You can gather wherever you want in this room with your family or just take some time by yourself. But our goal here is to remember, to remember Jesus, to remember what he's done, to remember his body that was given for us, to remember his blood that was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. And as we remember, be very conscious of the fact that this is our union with God, that we enter into our union with him simply by focusing our minds on him. We remember, and in that remembrance, we draw closer to him, and we add more time to being in that union and getting our foundation set in that union. So remember this morning as we take communion together. Let's pray, and then I'll turn it over to the worship team. Father, I do thank you that, once again, you have not left us alone to fight the battle that's going on in our minds. You've given us all kinds of weapons that we can use. You've given us all kinds of perspective, all kinds of ideas. You've given us things to focus on. You've given us your spirit who is here to fight this battle with us. So God, I pray for each one of us that you would just give us strength, that you would give us victory, that those things that are flying into our minds from all over the place that have nothing to do with you or are totally contrary to you, that you would help us to discipline ourselves to learn how to take those thoughts captive and focus on you and find you in absolutely everything, everywhere. 
So God, we offer you our minds today, our minds that were created by you, that are available to be attacked, but available to be transformed as well. And we ask, Lord, that you would give us victory in that battle. And then day by day, we would be transformed to the point of having the mind of Christ. And as we come now, Lord, we come to remember, we come to focus. We come to focus about our minds on what you did for us through Jesus and what you're doing for us on a daily basis. Thank you for your son. Thank you for his body and the sacrifice that was made. Thank you for his blood and the forgiveness that we have received through his blood. We praise you for, the, for this in his name, in the name of Jesus Christ, your son. Amen.